0: Hey there, and thank you for tuning in to the Rock Guys Podcast. We have reached number nine. I am really excited. This episode brings you Slayer, who is an American thrash metal band from Huntington Park, California. Back in 1981, Slayer was formed by four musicians, two guitarists by the name of Harry King and Jeff Henman, a drummer named Dave Lombardo, and a vocalist bassist named Tom Araya. Slayer's fast and aggressive music style made them one of the big four bands of thrash metal alongside Metallica, Megadeth, and Anthrax. The band had endured severe judgment by religious groups and a good percent of the general public. They had lyrics that focused on a lot of dark shit, let me tell you. But anyway, not to tell you too much information, stay tuned because here comes Slayer, right here, right now on the Rock Guys Podcast get your rock fix. The Rock Guys Mm, The Rock Guys The Rock Guys Mm, The Rock Guys The Rock Mmm, the rock guy. Hey, hey, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Rock Guys Podcast, where we bring you Slayer. Yeah, Slayer! Way back when I was, well, younger, obviously Slayer came to the scene and kind of like freaked me out a little bit because they were intense, really intense. But they were formed in 1981 by Kerry King, Jeff Henman, Dave Lombardo, and Tom Araya in Huntington Park, California. And they started out by playing covers of bands such as Maiden, Sabbath Priest, and Venom at clubs and parties in the area. But their earlier style was dark and satanic and were rumored to have originally been Dragon Slayer, which is denied completely by Kerry. In 1983, Slayer was invited to open for the band Bitch at the Woodstock Club. Uh, Yeah, Bitch. At the Woodstock... Well, that's what I said. That's the name of the band. Alright, at the Woodstock Club in Anaheim to perform eight songs, six of which were covers. Brian Slagle, (laughs) remember him? Noticed these guys and asked them to record an original song for the new Metal Massacre 3. So now you remember this guy? Metal Massacre, man. Brian later offered the band... A recording contract with Metal Blade Records, which was the record company that Brian Slagle had built up. The band released Show No Mercy in December of 83 and started touring California clubs, which grew their popularity around the area. The sales for Show No Mercy eventually reached 20,000 in the U.S. and another 20,000 worldwide. So if you look at world worldwide, it's 40,000, right? In February of 84, Kelly joined Megadeth for a brief period of time. Jeff, at this point, was worried and stated in an interview, I guess we're going to need a new guitar player. Dave Mustaine wanted Kelly to stay with Megadeth, but Kelly stated that the band was just wasting his time. The split caused a rift between the two, which ended up becoming a longtime feud between the bands. In June of 84, Slayer released... Haunting the Chapel, which contained three tracks and offered a darker, thrashier style and showed which direction the band was heading. Later that year, the band started their first national club tour using Tom's Camaro towing a U-Haul trailer. The band recorded Live Undead in November in New York City. Released in March of 85, Slayer's second full-length studio album, Hell Awaits, continued with the darkness of the music, with Hell and Satan being pretty common song subjects. The album was a hit, with fans choosing Slayer as Best Band, Best Live Band, Hell Awaits as 85's Best Album, and Dave Lombardo as Best Drummer in the British magazine Metal Forces Reader's Poll. On October 7th, 1986, the band released Rain in Blood, which was produced under the new major label Def Jam Records and received little to no airplay, but still entered the Billboard 200, reaching number 94 and the band's first album to get gold certification. Slayer's Rain in Blood tour started in the U.S. in October to December of 86 and April to May of 87 in Europe. They were added as the opening act on Wasp's US tour but with only one month into it Slayer's drummer Dave Lombardo quit due to financial quabbles. Basically what he said is that if he doesn't get a paycheck to pay his rent there's no sense in me staying. Right? Right. And I guess so he got home and then his wife said you know you need to understand that sometimes it takes a band a while to pick up. Either way his wife convinced him to return to the band in 1987. Slayer recorded a cover version of Iron Butterfly's song In a Gata Da Vida, which the band were not very impressed with. Heading back to the studios at the end of 87, the band decided to slow the tempo down a bit and record South of Heaven, their fourth studio album, which was released in July of 1988. It is one of their commercially successful albums, reaching number 57 of the top 200 Billboard, and their second album to reach gold certification. In early 1990, Slayer returned to the studio to record and produce their fifth album, Seasons in the Abyss, which they released in October. The album returned to the pounding speed of Rain and Blood while retaining their newly found melodic sense. The album debuted at number 44 on the Billboard Top 200 and was certified gold in 92. It was also the album that contained the band's first music video for Seasons in the Abyss and was filmed in front of the Giza Pyramids in Egypt. In 1991, Slayer released a double live album which celebrated the band's decade of existence. Decade of Aggression debuted at number 55 on the Billboard 200. In May of 92, Dave Lombardo left the band because of quote-unquote differences with other members of the band. Probably just wanted to be off tour for the birth of his son. And he got razzed by some in the group. And just said fuck it. Slayer recruited Paul Bostaff, the former drubber from Forbidden, to replace Dave. 1994 brought in Divine Intervention and featured songs about Reinhard Heydrich, an architect of the Holocaust, described by Hitler himself as the man with the iron heart, and Jeffrey Dahmer, and a medley of themes. After Slayer's World Tour in 95, they were billed third at the 95 Monsters of Rock Festival, headlined by Metallica. In 1996, the band released an album of punk covers. Paul Bostaff left the band shortly after recording to start a project of his own. The band hired Testament drummer John Dette and headlined OzFest. A year later, he was fired. Jeez. After that, Paul returned to finish the tour. Diabolus in Musica was released in 1998 and debuted at number 31 on the Billboard 200, selling 46,000 copies in the first week. Oof. The band paid tribute to Black Sabbath by covering Hand of Doom for their second tribute album called Nativity in Black 2. A world tour followed and an appearance at Ozfest in 98 in the UK. Slayer's next album, God Hates Us All, was released September 11, 2001 and features the Grammy-nominated lead track Disciple. The events of the day kind of hindered on the 2001 European tour, but eventually the rescheduling worked out to get everything covered. Yay! Just before Christmas, Paul Bostaff left the band due to a chronic elbow injury which was hindering his playing. Since the tour was unfinished, the band's manager, Rick Sales nice name, Rick Sales contacted Dave Lombardo to see if he'd be interested in finishing the tour. Dave accepted and ended up staying on as a permanent member. Slayer toured playing Rain and Blood in its entirety. Their final song, Raining Blood, ended with the band being drenched in a rain of fake blood on stage. The live footage was recorded and released on the 2004 DVD entitled Still Raining. Slayer also released War at the Warfield and a box set soundtrack to The Apocalypse. From 2002 to 2004, Slayer played over 250 tour dates. And while preparing for the Download Festival in England, Lars Ulrich of Metallica fell ill and wasn't able to perform. So James Hetfield looked for volunteers to fill in. Dave Lombardo and Slipknot drummer Joey Jordison volunteered. Dave performed Battery and The Four Horsemen. Huh, I wonder if he did as good as Lars did. Slayer's next studio album was Christ Illusion, and was scheduled to be released on June 6, 2006. But Kelly said, fuck that, half-ass stupid fucking loser bands will release on that day. Think about it, June 6th, 2006, so 666. Anyway. Although USA Today said it was because they didn't even have enough material, instead they released Eternal Pyre, which was a limited edition EP that sold all 5,000 copies with an hours of its release. The album was eventually released on August 8th 2006 and debuted at number 5 on the Billboard 200. It became the highest charting album doing better than Divine Intervention which debuted at number 8. The video for Eyes of the Insane was released on October 30th 2006 and was the band's first single It was featured on the Saw Three soundtrack and won a Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance. Unfortunately, the band was on tour and they couldn't accept the award, but they still got it. The band appeared on the Jimmy Kimmel Live Show on January 19th, playing their Grammy-winning song. Slayer's 11th studio album, World Painted Blood, was released November 2nd and November 3rd. Slayer along with Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax performed on the same bill for the first time on June 16, 2010 at Bemowo Airport in Poland. One of the following Big Four performances was sent via satellite in HD to cinemas. In early 2011, Jeff Hanneman was diagnosed with necrotizing fasciitis, the flesh-eating disease. While undergoing treatment and healing, the band continued the tour with Gary Holt of Exodus as a temporary replacement. Jeff rejoined the band on April 23rd at the American Big Four show in California to play their final two songs of their set. This ended up being his last live performance with the band. Gary Holt will be taking Jeff's duties over as guitar full-time. In February 2013, Jeff was fired due to a contract dispute, and in May, Jeff died of liver failure. Kerry King stated that the band would continue, but Tom Araya feared the future of the band. Despite its uncertainty, Slayer still worked on a follow up album, which was reported that it would still feature material written by Jeff. On September 11, 2015, the band released Relentless their 12th studio album, and toured for two and a half years in support of it. Talk of a 13th studio album was in the works, including contributions from Gary Holt. But on January 22, 2018, Slayer announced their farewell tour. Although no reason was given for the retiring, fans speculated that Tom Araya was tired of touring and wanted to spend time with his family. On December 2nd, 2018, Gary Holt announced that he would not complete the rest of the tour so that he may be by his dying father. Former Machine Head guitarist Phil Demo would fill in for him. When asked by the Let There Be Talk podcast in June of 2020, Gary said, If they do it, it doesn't involve me. We went out on a bang, just leave it. And in August, Carrie King's wife, Aisha, confirmed that Carrie and Tom are done. The discography for Slayer is as follows. Show No Mercy in 1983. Hell Awaits in 1985, Rain in Blood, 86, South of Heaven, 88, Seasons in the Abyss, 90, Divine Intervention, 94, Undisputed Attitude in 96, Diabolus in Musica, 98, God Hates Us All in 2001, Christ Illusion, 2006, World Painted Blood in 2009, and Repentless in 2015. Metal Album Hey, and thank you for staying around for Metal Album. Yes, the Metal Album I'm going to cover, Rain and Blood. Why? Because it seemed like it was the appropriate album to do so. Uh, Rain and Blood has very many different kinds of music styles on it. Some of them being dark, others not being dark, some being fast... Others not being so fast. But it did carry a lot of weight in the heavy metal era. Rain and Blood was their third studio album. It heightened the band to where they thrived, growing their success in leaps and bounds. The opening track Angel of Death caused controversy over the lyrical subject matter which referred to Joseph Mengele. And describes the human experimentation that he committed at the Auschwitz concentration camps. The band stated that they didn't condone it, they were merely interested in the subject. Rolling Stone magazine ranked the album number 6 in their 2017 listing of the greatest albums of all time. That's because it's a great album! Duh! It was Slayer's first album to get on the U.S. Billboard 200, peaking at number 94 and certified gold in November of 92. And it was also ranked at number 287 of the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list by New Music Express, or NME. The cover art, designed by Larry Carroll, was featured in Blender Magazine's 2006 Top 10 Heavy Metal Album Covers of All Time. Man, there's a category for everything. The album had a short runtime of only 29 minutes. Like, that's for the whole album. So that's, like, really not big. That's the size of an average podcast. And fit on one side of a cassette tape. Carrie thought it was neat. You can flip it over and then listen to it again. The music is abrasive and faster than previous releases and is played at an average speed of 220 beats per minute. Paul Bostaff first heard the record playing from another room. So he went into the room, walked up to the player and asked his bandmate from Forbidden what was playing. And he said, hey dude, it's the New Slayer record. After listening, Paul turned to his bandmate and concluded that his band was fucked. Angel of Death was featured in several movies, including Gremlins 2, Jackass, the movie, and in and an Iraq War documentary, Soundtrack to War. It was also featured on Tony Hawk's Project 8, you know, the video game. Raining Blood was included in Grand Theft Auto, Vice City's in-game radio station, V-Rock, that's where I heard it before, and Guitar Hero 3, Legends of Rock. It was said, though, that Raining Blood in Guitar Hero 3 was... One of the hardest, if not the hardest game to play. I don't know. Angel of Death and Raining Blood are both available as downloadable content for Rocksmith 2014. The band members on this album are Tom Araya, bass and vocals, Kerry King, guitars, Jeff Hanneman, guitars, and Dave Lombardo on drums. So that was the album I chose for this episode. If you would like me to discuss a different album at any time or a different band at any time, just reach out to me. Links are in the bio. Oh, but I think I hear Bobby. But first, it's time for Rock Trivia. Rock, 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 Rock Trivia. Here, here, Rock Trivia. Hey, and thank you for sticking around for Rock Trivia. I hope you're all ready and you got your thinking toques on, because it's going to be a doozy. Well, maybe not a big doozy, but a doozy. Well, maybe a doozy. Anyway, and here we go. How many studio albums did Slayer put out? Twelve! That's right! Good job! Woohoo! <laughs> Bobby's World. Hey, and thank you for sticking around with me for Bobby's World. On Bobby's World, yeah, we're gonna cover raining blood. I know the description and the and in the intro says that I'd do new music, but it just seems too interesting to just jump into the music that I'm actually covered. So I'm going to switch it up and have Bobby's work cover the album of the band I'm discussing. Maybe I'll change up my intro. Maybe not. Who cares? The three people that listen, I'm sure they don't mind. So we're covering Raining Blood, which was off their Rain in Blood album, and is described as a classic by AllMusic and claimed as one of the most popular songs among fans. The 4 minute 14 second song starts with a lightning crashes with extreme rainfall sound effects playing for the first 30 seconds, followed by an epic riff that rips into your darkest side of evil. The song peaks with some insane guitar solos squealing away and the drum hammering all in a heart thumping rise then stops. Continued only by ambient rainfall sound effects. Man, this is an awesome ending for this song. This concludes another episode of the Rock Guys podcast. I'm your host, Bobby. And tune in next episode for... Well, it's going to be a surprise again. (laughs) Please like, rate, share, comment, and subscribe. Help me get back to your ear holes. Stay safe and stay unsober.